burping into the mic. Dirty boy. Yo, yo. Dirty boy. How's everybody doing? Fan fucking tastic. Uh, just 100%. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I don't feel like reheated dog shit at all. <laughs> so, uh, we have this thing in Troy um, called the James Connolly Social uh, uh, Club, uh, which is a twinkle in the eye of many uh, members of the James Connolly Social Forum, right? Is that an organization? Mm-hmm. Or is that just an event? Oh, there's, there's a James Connolly Forum. Yeah. There's no social. Ah. It's, it's, it's all lecture based. Yeah. Ah. It's not social at all. You get at, there's a question and answer period, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, and that's where the uh, uh, John Flanders, who used to be um, United Rail Workers, I believe. Uh, uh, it's a militant uh, unionist and does, uh, uh, invites people, good talks about labor and, and justice and stuff. And, uh, from, and, and James, and James Connolly, Connolly, Irish socialist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ba- uh, important figure in the Irish uh, revolution. Yeah. Uh, um, for independence. And he, uh, he used to live in Troy for a brief period of time as an insurance salesman. And uh, uh, yeah, hustle. so he's, he's, there's like a bust. Of of him down uh, appropriately by a bus station. Nice, yeah, yeah. It's a I've bus picture. station. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so the the James Connolly Social Club is a bunch of uh, I guess people that uh, are leftist socialists um, who want to get a basically like a bar kind of space to have like basically a leftist bar, sort of like and, a public house in yeah. in the in every sense of the. Nice phrase, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, I, some, I've taken this story and call it like communist Kiwanis. Yeah. Communist <laughs> Kiwanis. <laughs> you know, I should yeah. say it's a, a union house. Ha- yeah. It's Kamwanis? a yeah, public house. Yeah. It's, yeah, Kamwanis it's, sounds not good. Like, <laughs> you don't. Well, you know, like, um, like I was telling my, my friend Nathan about it and, uh, and he generously donated to the cause, but he also, um, uh, you know, he said, like, that reminds me of the, like the Italian American clubs that my mom goes to, uh, and like yeah, it's like it's just yeah. that. Like, yeah, I'm like those things fun. fucking rip. Yeah, yeah, those things <laughs> right, are fucking right, right, right. so fun because you like you get like a mug with your name on it usually, and but like the purpose for the purpose and, for bringing all this up is that last night David and I threw the yearly fundraiser for the James Connolly Social Club, so and so we are all, we we're David and I are hurting a bit. Uh, we, we were um, exceptionally good hosts. We were very good hosts. And I was not a great hostess because I f- think I fell asleep around 10 o'clock, but I was, I was up till two. Real drunk. You also got to sleep later than I did. I did. So nice. anyway, let's. So it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It sure is. And, uh, we got some of that snow where it's like so cold and hard that you see the snowflakes. And that, that's always really exciting to me because it's kind of magical to like actually see a snowflake. So I yelled at it and I told it to fucking grow up and <laughs> stop being such a baby, you stupid snowflake. Instantly <sighs> melted. Yes, it did. It melted under the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I learned recently that, um, that Donald Rumsfeld would send out these memos uh, that, are, that he called snowflakes. But this is like in 2002 before that. It had that connotation. It had that connotation. But I, I think they were meant to be called snowflakes because they would just like sort of fall on everyone and they were meant to disappear, after disappear a bit. afterward. Yeah. Mm. Ah, Interesting. Melt after reading. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, okay. So 
let's let's dunk on Mayor Pete because I'm yes. this is so this story has been you know it's not it's not a new story but it's been making the rounds. Um, so in in 2012, three South Bend police officers stormed into the wrong home without the family's permission. It's happened to the best of us. They went in, they handcuffed, punched, and stun gunned the wrong man, 17-year-old Deshaun Franklin, who was asleep in his bed, and they mistakenly believed, whom they mistakenly believed was the suspect in a crime. So basically, they beat the shit out of and tased this guy. For no, no fault of his own, he was just in he was asleep in, in, in his, his home. Bed. Yeah. They just broke in and brutalized this man. Well, I mean, in their defense, he was being black in South Bend, Indiana. So it's <sighs> kind like... That could happen to anybody, you know, like that's if you are black in South Bend, Indiana. Well, I, I just mean for the cops, cop, like that's you know? a mistake that's going to yeah. oh mistakes will be made. You know? I, and I'm sure whatever the suspect that they're looking for had done warranted, deserved, warranted that yeah. type of, uh, you know, unprovoked direct violence, yeah. like, you know, to an unconscious person. Yeah. Holy shit. That is like, I got to be one of the mo- most outrageous, you know, if you, you put that in a headline. Like how, how, and he was, was Mayor Pete the, the mayor then? Yeah. What? Uh, well, I'm sure the headline was something like man hurt in police mistake or something like that. It, it was probably something like police apprehend man who, who wasn't the right man. And then, tiny, then that's tiny, like tiny, tiny, print, tiny print. Asterisk. <laughs> so oh, the, man. so the family spent four years going through the courts suing these cops. And finally, in 2016, a federal jury ruled that the officers had violated Franklin's constitutional rights and um, ruled that each of the officers owed the family uh, $1 each for the Fourth Amendment violations for a total judgment of $18. What? Yes. So wait, the Fourth Amendment's unlawful search and seizure, right? Right. Uh, But what about the fucking brutality? I mean... That's Where the, in the Constitution does other, it say you have a right to not have the cops beat the That's shit a good point. That's a good point. You're that's right. I have no standing in this fucked up country <laughs> with an incredibly fucked up ancient document that we like somehow revere as if it were passed down by the hands of baby Jesus himself. Uh, 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 breaching the Fourth Amendment is like 25 cents. So this extra 75 cents comes from the, the beating. Yes. Holy fucking yeah, shit. That is. So $18, and that's $18. like not, how much did this family have to spend to, you know, fight for four years in court? So, that's a great question. It, I, it, this article, um, which is from the South Bend Tribune, uh, does not say what they spent. However, the city, under the leadership of Mayor Pete, uh, did countersue the family to try to make them responsible for the legal fees of the officers, as well as their... Uh, Hotel stays and their like food and other expenses during the trial. What a cold-eyed motherfucker, right? And and what was the tune of that? So they have the the officers filed a motion asking the family to pay them nearly fifteen hundred dollars for trial costs, including hosta- hotel stays, meals, and mileage. Fucking a yeah. And so because the city tried to. Uh, settle with the family. Mayor Pete tried to settle with the family for, I think, as much as they offered was $15,000. And so because the family rejected the offer to settle, that makes them liable to 
cover the trial costs for trial costs even, for the even though they won yeah they won even though it was a measly 18 dollars through you know just the the beauty of our incredible justice system yeah you know, uh, federal federal court rules allow for plaintiffs to be charged for trial costs if they reject a settlement offer and ultimately receive an award worth less than the rejected offer so 18 dollars being less than fifteen thousand dollars um, so yeah, this is just are. an extra fuck you law that they pass. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, so if somebody ever tries to sue the city, they somehow have a such a shitty decision by the court or whatever to award the proper amount of money that they get less than they were offered before the trial. They must also have to pay for the entire trial. What kind of fucking law is that? A shitty one. What, like what a roulette wheel of yeah. a judicial system we have. Yeah. Like no logic to that whatsoever. That's no no wild. reasonable way that like people should have passed that into, you know, the the holy uh text that, you know, is like it governs our fair land. What the fuck? Yeah. And so how is this not hanging on his neck? This yeah. would be like if fucking Mayor Madden was running for president. Can you imagine? It, there are similar people. Mayor Madden might not be a- actually as charismatic as Mayor Pete is. Sick burn. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what song and what dance would be Mayor Madden. Ooh. Oh, he doesn't have the, that type of energy. He's got a very like, huh, that'd, well, be, let's that, keep in that'd mind, be the the Mayor Madden. Let's keep in mind, Mayor Pete wasn't out there doing the high hopes dance. I, like, I, I, so I feel like is that, that can you call that you call yourself like a Mayor Pete dance truther? Uh, if you believe that, like he's never actually done the dance himself. <laughs> he's definitely never. He's never, right? that man's never danced. Right? Yeah. He's like he's. It doesn't Pete look Lujesh like he's has never danced. He will never do that dance. And I just feel like there's like some dark, smoke-filled room where he, with his hands like steepled in front of his face, and you're like, yes, that is the dance that the the. the child people will do for me this dance pleases the pete <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i liked uh the, when the kid came up to him uh the other day and was like hey do you think that like your commitment to uh you know democracy or whatever like uh, it, 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 w- w- what was the kid saying he said uh you couldn't have uh, uh backdoor deals and private billionaire donations or yeah, something if, if like you that. want money out of politics like does that mean you're gonna stop taking billionaires money in closed door it was it was a student activist greg chung uh who asked Buttigieg, i wanted to ask if you think that taking big money out of politics something that pete has has recently said he wanted to do um if that includes not taking money off of billionaires and closed door fundraisers he just means he wants to get rid of like the big uh checks like the publisher's clearinghouse <laughs> checks, like the big oversized novelty money. Yeah. To get rid of that. They're very impractical. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's all digital now. You can't all even. Digital. Have you tried depositing one of those enormous checks on like a phone app? Yeah, yeah. you gotta get on like, like a ladder. You have to get, like, get way the whole the check in the yeah. picture. Oh wow! So is has. <laughs> oh, but 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 Pete immediately, immediately, instantly responded, just no. Like the question was out, and Pete was just like no. I mean, it was incredible. Well, he, the, 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 the smile he said with it, he was like, yeah, he, he, he gave the kid like the most like condescending, like you fucking smart ass piece of shit kind of like, look, he's like, no. Yeah. Like, he's like, I know what you're trying to do. Yeah. Which is ultimately like, so it's, it's just like so obvious that, uh, that, that liberal thing that liberals do. 
No, it is. It's a liberal thing that liberals do where they're like, I'm reasonable. I'm realistic. Like, you adorable, uh, naive person believing that you could run this empire with, like, the the tips and wages of secretaries and 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 retail workers and waiters like no no of course i have to go get a bunch of money from corporate donors yeah it's a level of entitlement that comes uh, uh, across not only to them personally but also the process by which they are you know moving through it's like uh, it's like a knee-jerk like defensive nature of like no but like i'm doing the smart thing like i'm doing the thing that like we need to do and if you think that we uh don't need to do this like you're silly like whatever it's like this incredible confidence from essentially defending the status quo and like your most basic inherent you know nature yeah it's not wrong i mean it is kind of naive to think that uh american politics can be run without like shadowy you know, huge money interests. And it's a great naivete to have. And I'm proud that I have it. And I'm really like, you know, uh, just because something is naive doesn't mean that it's not uh, possible. Yeah. It just means that it goes against the grain of what already exists. And yeah. that's a good thing. It's good to be naive. Yeah. Uh, in some ways. But it's, Don't be dumb about it, but like. Yeah. But it at least doesn't force you to like cut off possibilities before you even try them right yeah yeah so fuck pete this is a this is uh as much as we are pro bernie we are as much if not more anti-pete yeah do not like pete what about when um pete was like all all those uh tweets from people that are like verifiably like no pete from mayor pete from like a long time ago school yeah yeah like saying that uh he's just always wanted to be president and, like, everything he's done has been, like, trying to make himself the perfect presidential candidate or something. Yeah. Which and is so disqualifying. If you, yeah, if you've always wanted to horrifying. be president, you should never be allowed to be president. The only but, person who should be allowed to be president is somebody who, like, is dragged, kicking and screaming into the fucking Oval Office. Yeah. Also, it's like, I don't, just paint su- such a grim picture. You just imagine, like, this, this kid growing up that just, like, feels so entitled to be president and it isn't like Kurt, and, you know, he works at like the McKinsey going all around the world, like just fucking up everyone's life and fixing bread prices. Yeah. And, fixing bread prices and, and working on like, like blue cross blue shield or something. I think he did something with them too. Yeah. Dude, they, they fucking won a, a whole healthcare system this past election. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Fucking just they doing, took the W on that one. Doing all that shit. And then you, uh, become mayor of south bend indiana and you're mayor pete and you're just like i fuck i have nothing but contempt for every single fucking person that tells me that it's my responsibility to like get their neighbor to mow their lawn or whatever and then like like someone sues your city because your cop your dumb like chad cops beat up the wrong black guy and then you're like Oh, they wanted money? Oh, they got 18 fucking dollars? Well, I'm gonna countersue them because I'm a, a big fucking man you know, like I'm going to be president. Like that's so grim. It's yeah, so yeah, so disgusting. It's really disturbing. And also, remember when Mayor Pete had uh, to deal with confronting protesters over the shooting of a black guy in in uh, South Bend by a white cop, and like he was not particularly good at like you know smoothing things over. And at some point, uh, he you know defensively, uh, a woman 
at some point a woman was like, and you're asking us for to vote for you for president? Yeah. He was like, I'm, I'm not asking for your vote. And she's like, well, you're not getting it either. Yeah, I remember that. You know? That was yeah. dank, yeah. Um, it and, fucking rolled. Yeah, so, I don't know. Should have thrown a shoe at him. Ah, oh, man, we just came up on the anniversary of that. Yeah. December 14th yeah. was oh, the hell shoe, yeah. shoe, ver- shoe anniversary. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mayor Pete's face is very shoeable, it seems like. <laughs> I, I can like see myself throwing a shoe at it. Right, directly in that... I'm just Eddie not convinced Munster that he's head. ever felt anything in his life other than like lust for power. Yeah. Like he just does not, yeah. I don't know, like fuck Pete. <laughs> fuck Mayor Pete. <laughs> All right. That's enough iron weeds to uh, time for, for Mayor Pete. Yeah. Mayor Pete. Um, so let's um maybe let's shift over to another uh, fucked up election. <laughs> yeah. another Yeah. Right. Uh, a trash, a, a trash fire, almost as bad as our own. Um, David and I spoke with Sean Collins, a friend of the pod and friend of us as well, who's a total uh, like wonk on the UK for some weird reason. He Sean, just what's loves, wrong with you? He, he just loves fucking it. loves following UK politics. So nice. David and I uh, sat down and had a chat with Sean about the UK election, what it means um, for them, what it means for us. And I hope that you guys enjoy it. What? What do you mean I'll never know it's what calzones. big things <laughs> David likes to eat big calzones. No, right. no one ever knew this, but my uh, entire, uh, the entire time I've been doing the podcast, I've been giving the, the Italian like finger, like that's a spicy meatball kind of thing. That's true. I can, I can yeah. confirm that fact. That the David whole time constantly. I'm talking. Spicy yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we are hashtag blessed to have Sean Collins on to um, help us decode these mysterious UK elections that Americans get to be blissfully ignorant about. Yeah, we want to know, like, uh, my, my big questions are, one, uh, can I uh, invite Black Rod to a party? Can I, like, rent them out for a party? Or maybe, like, if I'm quitting my job, can Black Rod, like, pound on the door three times come in and like announce that uh, uh i i'm quitting and then dennis skinner could maybe also come in if i you know throw down another 50 and he could say something kind of like smart at the end um so that's one question the second question is why does government need a mace uh third question is uh what what powers the queen's android body <laughs> the black rod it's a it's, okay, a black, okay. it's an electric shock rod okay okay yeah, so it's all it's all connected it's all fucking connected i knew it so sean um what you, i know you're not like a uk expert but you certainly know more than more about it than anybody i know personally mm-hmm. definitely um, top one percent <laughs> top one percent of americans who know about the one percent of the point five percent of the three percent of the top thirty percent <laughs> um so what's the sort of you know what what was your favorite part of the last election in the uk it just happened last week that was my favorite part yeah oh it was i mean it was definitely uh it definitely has to be uh that the nationalists, the Irish nationalists, are sending a majority to Westminster. That rules. That's, cool. <laughs> That's super cool. That does rule. That but, absolutely rules. So, uh, if you didn't also like laugh heartily at that uh, at that result, um, you might uh, appreciate this next question, which would just be like, could you give like the um, like the Wikipedia first Google search result sort of 
explanation of like what happened in the UK, like who are the major actors um, and why should leftists be concerned about the result? Yeah, I mean, so you have and you know, you have the the two largest, you know, parties in 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 Westminster, the Tories, Conservatives and Labour Party. Um, and then you'll have a very you have some a handful of uh, third parties, larger third parties, this SMP, the Scottish National Party in Scotland and and then the Liberal Democrats um, and some other parties. Greens get one, you know, have one you know, person that they're able to ever get elected into parliament and good for them. Yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a quick aside. Are the greens at all similar to like our greens? Are they, they look the same from what I can tell. <laughs> I, I think they're like, I think they're like, they're effectively the same because like, or no, no, they're not the same because like they have, like they're able to run, uh, uh, people and for like just about if they wanted to just about every constituency in the country um but uh only have ever i think only have ever elected one and otherwise actually can you know in marginal you know constituencies like actually swing uh, those those your vote and those lines actually matters uh um and uh it's not gonna it's never you can actually say the whole thing like you can do the, like near a tanda thing it's like oh, i vote jill stein is gonna you know hand trump the presidency and like <laughs> but like i guess it's like you know instead it would be like nigel dunderfloff or something like that or some <laughs> british name and it actually might send him to parliament uh, uh, listeners should know that we, we all we all watch the uk elections come in together and it, David, Sean, and I are such children. We spent a solid third of our viewing time just making fun of the names, names. of places, and people in names. the UK. Yeah, what, what was it called? Like, like, like Job well, Village? Oh, what, what was that place called? No. Workington. When, 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 labor, Workington. when Labor lost Workington. That was a bad sign. They fucking lost it. Uh, <laughs> was, they, they lost Workington. And... Labor lose. It would be like the Democrats losing, like, Donkey Democratville. Town. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they lost Workington and they lost Darlington. So they lost the workers and the darlings. Like, yeah, that's oh, awful. That's sad, it fucking sucks. Um, okay, so so in the UK, you they have a parliamentary government. Yeah. So like whoever sent whichever party sends the most members of parliament to parliament, yeah. they also get to pick who gets to be the prime minister, right? Yeah. No one directly votes for a prime minister in this election. They just vote for what in a our country would would be considered like your Congress person, yeah. whoever. I think that's a better system. Yeah, personally. yeah. We, although it would mean that like Nancy Pelosi would be our president. Yeah. And no, not our necessarily because forever. the conditions under which the Dems would pick their leadership. Would yeah, be totally would different. also be different. Like so, that's, so you yeah. have no idea who would be. It, yeah. frankly, it could be Bernie Sanders. Could right. be our leadership in yeah. parliament. It, you have no way of predicting that. And I think, like, I mean, so the, just to rattle off the rest of the parties too, and then I think that's like a that's a good point. Like, there's uh, Plaid. I my, my I don't speak fucking Welsh, but I think it's like Plaid Camru, which is like the Welsh Nationalist Party. Spelled W W W Y S T Y. You call yourself a comrade. You don't even speak Welsh. That F L Y D sort of like at for like it's I we see those four letters together in every Welsh word. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> you should really make that one letter. Uh, um, <laughs> and on, with, like a, with like one of those uh, marks over all four letters. And then, yeah, and then you had, and then in the in in Northern Ireland, the North Ireland, excuse me. There's you know in the six the six counties there, uh, the big uh, national parties, so Tories and Labour don't don't have parties like there, but they work closely with uh, sort of tangential parties that aren't part of the. Otherwise, there's sort of party structure on, on the British island um, or the English island. Uh, um, so you have 
the DUP, Democratic Unionist Party, um, which is a unionist, uh, you know, Republican, excuse me, uh, yeah, a unionist party, loyalist party. Uh, the Ulster Unionist Party, same deal. And then you have uh, Sinn Féin, the SDLP, which is like Social Democratic Labor something. Who are the good guys? The SDLP and Sinn Féin, of course. Well, the, yeah. Sinn, excuse me, let me reverse the order. Sinn Féin and then SDLP, which is actually pretty closely related to the tor- or to the Labor Party. Is, um, is Sinn Féin like, a, um, like an Irish unification type? Yeah. Yeah, Sinn, yeah. Fein, Sinn okay. Féin and SDLP are explicitly like nationalist and, 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 uh, and uh, you know, Irish nationalists and, and uh, you know, Republican parties. But the difference is, is that Sinn Féin refuses to swear allegiance to the Queen. Um, and will then, you know, they'll, they elected six um, MPs, but they're, they're, they won't be seated. But the SDLP will uh, swear allegiance to the Queen and send them, you know, actually sit. And then there's a couple, then there's the Alliance Party, um, which is sort of a... Uh, it's the third way, you know, that's the, the, they're the, the, the sort of moderate party, um, that is not, I think they, I think they are, you know, uh, they're donut Twitter in Ireland. They're, they're yeah. unionists, but like they're unionists, but they're like, they're also sort of like, it's not something that's ever like plays big into their platform. It's mostly like, they're like liberal Democrats basically. Okay. Right. So the polls before the election were not looking great for labor, not looking horrible but Labour definitely wasn't pulling ahead of the Tories, right? And then throughout, it seems like to me, the first half of the day, people were pretty hopeful because there were a lot of young people in line. Young people were fairly well expected to go Labour. And then because the UK is like hilariously weird and they don't report on anything the day of, like the terrible results... television, it's awful. <laughs> no, it's great. It's fantastic. No, it makes it terrible television. Because I literally, have no polls. I can't. It, it there's becomes... nothing happening. <laughs> they can't say anything. No, and because I, at ten oh one, it drops. So we're like sitting here. You know, we're all sitting here like chatting, shooting the shit, eating yeah. snacks. Yeah. And we're like, you know what? I think Labor's going to do pretty well. And then it's like 10.01. Right, yeah. In, you like, know, you're the UK. So, yeah. uh, conservative wins by the largest margin since Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, um, fucking sucked. They yeah. were really leading into that the entire night, too. And it's just like, they need to, they had like, a, I didn't notice this when we were watching it. There was like warning, like flashing lights. And I think that they also need to do a content warning, like warning, like Margaret, <laughs> Margaret Thatcher's name is going to be said. A yeah. Lot yeah. This yeah. One time. <laughs> At the very least, it's like a fire hazard. He's like, people are just going to like instantaneously like look for something to effigy. And yeah. Right. Might set something on fire that they don't intend to. My, uh, my Fuck. advisor in grad school, June Deary, shout out to a real one. Um, she, was born in Ireland. She went to Trinity College and then she went to Oxford for her PhD. But she used to talk about how in Ireland on um, Guy, uh, Fox Day? Guy Fox Day, November the... Remember, remember the I'm not supposed fifth, to forget, fifth, but fifth I did. November. Remember, remember yeah, the yeah. 5th of November? They, I haven't watched V for Vendetta in a long time. <laughs> I know. Well, you know what? I've been thinking about doing it, though. Um, uh, June said that in Ireland they would, instead of burning effigies of Guy Fox, burn effigies of Margaret Thatcher. Oh, yeah. Which rules. Yeah, it's um, great. So I wonder, Sean, if, uh, do you oh, have also, any... if you care about reality television, read June Deary. Good. Oh, she writes. Yeah, she writes some really wonderful stuff yeah. on reality TV. Um, she's cool. She's she's great. So I wonder, Sean, if you have any good sense of why, like, how are the polls? How, why did the Tories win so fucking big? Like it was it seems very surprising that they did win by so much. 
And I haven't seen anybody give like what I think of as a satisfying answer in American terms. I don't understand it when they say it in British, but. Well, I think like, I think, right. It's like a lot of the same, like the same dynamic that we have like here to some degree is like they, they were, they were put, you know, sent back with a larger majority, but it's not because of, it's not because like they did anything to dramatically increase their like vote share. They only got like 1% more than they did in the previous election. Like it's just that like first past the post, you know, you know, actually, you know, it's under, you know, that when, when it comes to sending folks back, you know, to parliament, like, like most folks voted against the Tories. Wait, wait, wait. So they only got 1%. Like 1% more than the previous election. Because watching, you would think that they are like four times an hour. Like watching it, you would not think that the margin was that slim. How does... Like the labor got more votes than Tony Blair did. Like the, and when he was in his first election or his last, the, the, no, the first one, when he was, when he was elected prime minister, Labour outperformed themselves than they did in that election with like Jeremy Corbyn's, you know, platform and the manifesto. Um, so this is like a, an issue of like a structural advantage yeah. to Tories. Yeah. So what gives them this structural advantage? Like what, cause you know, I mean, here we have like jury, you know, gerrymandering and and whatever so how does it work in the uk do you have any idea yeah i mean it's just it's not so much gerrymandering it's like it's just like the, it's the first pass of the post system is like whoever it gets you know gets the most votes it's like same with like the canadian uh you know uh, elections as well where and i you know first past the post exists in the united states too but like yeah if you get the most votes you know you some of the some some seats were only decided by like maybe 150 votes and then the next uh and then the next third party like or you know third party on the ballot you know is the difference or overcomes that difference and so like you had this like large chunk of folks that vote you know you know whether it be like remainers or like the the folks who supported brexit who went to one of the third parties like that made up the difference and so like tories were able to hold on to their hold on to their base and, and membership and, and then, you know, sort of, they didn't really, yeah, so they didn't really expand on, in terms of vote share. Um, the other parties didn't, like Brexit Party, the Labour Party, not so much, some of the third, other third parties. That was kind of remarkable about the difference, I think, between the UK elections and US. It's like Democrats crow all the time about um, spoilers and, you know, the third party. But, like, in the UK, there actually were a lot of instances in which a more left-leaning party garnered enough votes that if they had gone to Labour, they would have won that seat, but instead it went to the Tories. So, And it doesn't seem like that's... I mean, if, if it were the United States and the Green Party had won enough votes that a Democrat lost, yeah. that would be all the news covered for the rest of the night. Yeah, Whereas in the UK, I didn't even see any of the sort of like pundits and commentators. Nobody even brought that up. Nobody even mentioned the fact that like the Lib Dems or the Greens or whoever else took enough votes from the like left of center to hurt labor. Yeah. Well, you do see always in the lead up to the elections, like them talking about like tactical voting, like um, and then up until the very, like the, the day before the elections, there was like two Lib Dems, Liberal Democrats that like basically like stopped campaigning and encouraged folks to vote for Labour because they're the pro-Remain party or that person, that, that candidate in that constituency was a Remain supporting candidate. And so like, yeah, you always, I, which I heard the term tactical voting like ever since I got like interested in British politics. I don't understand how it works. Just, I don't, I don't. I, I, yeah, I, I, don't I don't understand what the either. term means. I saw, I saw people on Twitter talking about it and it was essentially, it looked like if you were in a district that was like, for example, either 
definitely more likely to go for Lib Dem than Labor or definitely more likely to go for Labor yeah. than Lib Dem. That's people yeah. would determine like where they were going to vote, even if they didn't necessarily align with that party. Yeah, it's like always in the mar- it's always like some, these like consistently like marginal seats. But then the, the sort of definition of like what was marginal and up for grabs, the selection was uh, was different than than usual. Um, so, yeah, you've yeah, it's the vote for the one that has the best, you know, that is polling because there's there's the big like national polls and then there's like regional polls or constituency polls um and and when they yeah. say marginal uh we usually district, say swing yeah. yeah like a swing district right exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like they're oppressed no i mean they are Maybe. but yeah. it's yeah. not that's not what that means yeah, yeah. so the, the fact that they do first pass the post like winner take all uh voting means that uh whenever say the lib dems uh make their uh, like the central plank of their platform uh remain in, in the European Union instead of a Brexit uh that usually means that um labor is going to like lose something yeah i mean i i don't i mean like liberal liberal democrats like their support collapsed um like this time as well but i i think it's yeah i mean i think just like in the you know there's yeah there's i mean i think there's the brexit element is like is different in different parts of the country and how so how that informed voting um yeah it plays out differently in different corners of of england but yeah i mean so i mean yeah i think i think yeah i think i saw like a map that basically described it as like if there was proportional representation we the result would have been like a hung parliament um uh, right i saw uh, that um and uh the greens would have been the greens would have had like it would have been a bigger parliament or whatever but like the greens would have had like a slightly bigger parliament anyway it would have been a hug parliament and there would have been a a quote-unquote like remain majority or like a a, uh you know majority of uh like labor would have to make make some sort of arrangement with lib dems and maybe like Sinn Féin or something in order to yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, but a coalition, a coalition, or like a minority government, government, like with confidence of supply arrangement. So then, what? um, So now we can kind of get into, or maybe a little bit more of the nitty gritty. Now that we have some some broad stuff uh, out of the way, Uh, what is the? There's a popular argument going out there that says, um, you know, labor went too far left, and that's why they lost. Right. So, like, why is that bullshit, given the way that first past the post uh, uh, voting works and just generally how the election was managed? Because also sort of alien to Americans is that the election is extremely short. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what was this? It was like five and a half weeks. Yeah. Can, like you, can, you can campaign for about yeah, five weeks. And there's like good rule, like very strong rules about when you can start and stop campaigning. Yeah, I mean, I think this is just like a, this part, like that sort of hack answer for me is like, well, if we're supposed to trust the polls and the lead up to the election, which sort of did predict what the outcome would be, um, it's that like, well, everything that he proposed, the kitchen sick that he threw out over the course of those five weeks, polls well, like you know, renationalizing the the um, the rails, um, you know, nationalizing you know, internet service, keeping um, the NHS, yeah. national health service, like even yeah, even public forced- and and well funded. Even, you know, uh, you know, the big, the big boy himself, Boris Johnson, you know, came out the next day and he's like, we're, you know, we're going to be reprioritizing an NHS because he understood like that was something that um, resonated in, in, in the election. That's when they kept yeah. saying something about like 50,000 nurses, yeah. right? He also, he just admitted that it'll be 10 years before those 50,000 nurses are actually added to the NHS. That just came out today. Yeah. 10 years. 10 years. It's, that's, I mean, it's, in, and I, there was a video making the rounds on the, on 
you know, election day. It's a, it's unfortunate that I guess it wasn't more persuasive, but one of them was um, a bunch of medical health industry professionals going on and saying like, here are the numbers that they're saying and here's what it actually oh, means yeah. given current population growth and like what's changed over the last 20 years. Like the conservatives say they've given us all these resources, but in reality we have for example, like per patient, fewer nurses, fewer doctors, whatever else. Yeah, the Tories are like always like incredibly cynical when talking about the NHS. I mean, like Boris Johnson during like the Brexit, uh, like the referendum for Brexit um, went around the country in a bus. It was about like if we stop, there's like some hundred billion dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars that they send to the EU. And he put that number on the side of a bus and he's like, we'll reinvest this in the NHS. Like they, they want to privatize it, but then uh, they know like the, you know, British people like love the NHS. And so, um, like they, you know, they take, they exploit that obviously for cynical ends. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. And the point about the platform and the manifesto, like it was, it was, you know, it's, it, the, it polls well, it, or it was, it was, it was increasing in, in, in terms of support, just like, you know, well, it had more support, but like, but it was increasing in terms of support, like Corbyn was over the course of those five and a half weeks, but it just wasn't, it, I mean, I, I think there's, I've seen a lot and I agree with a lot of, like, it was very much a very, like, kitchen sink sort of, like, like, I don't want to, like, sort of quote the, like, you know, conservative line of, like, ah, oh, he's just going to free thing, everything's free, everything's going to be public, but, I mean, I do think that it was just, like, there was, a, it just seemed sort of, there was an element of it that sort of seemed like shooting from the hit, sort of spitfire type, like, like here's everything that you could possibly think of instead of focusing on, um, like just one or two things. Like, I mean, like Bernie talks about like Medicare for all and free college. And and I think that there's an element that even they recognize that over the course of the campaign and just zeroed in on the NHS. I saw a lot of pundits referring to the simplicity of the Tory platform as being a big contributing factor to their win. That like the Tories just had a very simple, straightforward plan. Yeah, exactly. Which is not unlike Trump's Trump's win. I mean, he he had three, four issues that he nailed over and over and over again. And that was, you know, it was the wall. It was the swamp. It was. And I think that that's not unlike what uh, Boris Johnson did. And, you know, that might be, if anything, I think a lot of comparison has been made between Jeremy Corbyn and Bernie Sanders. But I would I'm, I'm in terms of their weaknesses, I'm almost inclined to say that Corbyn is more of a Liz Warren than a Bernie Sanders because he does have this sort of far reaching there are tendrils in every element of every possible platform that that kind of spread everywhere. Whereas Bernie has those points that he hits over and over and over again. It's Medicare for all. It's, you know, union movements and organizer in chief. It's I don't know. Um I mean, I think that just, I think there's just an element of like the sort of like Westminster system where you're not the sole, like you're, I mean, you are the party leader and you do sort of have an outstated role, um, in, in, you know, setting and, uh, and then affecting like, you know, government or, you know, party policy and party platform. But, um, I also think like there's, you know, there's the whole, there's, you know, there's the shadow chancellor and, or the, you know, deputy leaders and other leadership within, within, you know, within the party that focus and represent the party on a variety of issues that allow you to have multiple spokespersons on like multiple different array of issues, smaller country too. So like, and you know, with a, I would say a stronger sort of executive, um, like it's like that can, that can actually like do a lot of the, these things that they, that they, you know, these big ambitions that they throw out. Um, and we'll probably get to it later, but like Boris Johnson already has like, plans to like basically reshape like Whitehall, like in the government bureaucracy. And you can just sort of do this with like a stroke of a pen. Um, uh, and, and, and large part, um, uh, because of how parliament works. And so, 
Yeah, I think that, I mean, yeah, I think, I think that's just like one of the unique facets of like British politics that we can't, you know, that is why like, yeah, why Bernie can focus on a couple of things. But I, I think the point though is, is that like more, I think more so than like the kitchen sink, which I definitely think was a problem, but it's not, I don't think it's the reading problem. I just think it missed, it missed the mark on what people, what was going to drive people to go out and vote in like rainy England in December. Yeah. With Brexit. Right. Uh, right. So, so what? So one thing. One of the answers to uh, why labor lost that isn't they were too far left is that the message was too complicated. Right. Is that all? Is that what I'm hearing? Is that like is that, it was just what didn't resonate? I, I don't. I think. It, I don't think it was too complicated. I just think. It, uh, yeah. I think it didn't. I don't. I, I mean, yeah. There's something to be said about like you can trun- you can truncate it down, and the Tories had like a simpler message. But the simple message also is something that like resonated with people, like one way or another. Like I just want to make the Brexit thing make it to go, go away. away. Yeah, make Brexit just, go away. I don't. I want Brexit. Yeah. just do the Brexit. Yeah. Uh, so, so I d- I did see reporting and an infographic, and infographics very persuasive. If you've never seen one, they really <laughs> convince you of shit. But but one that I saw it broke down um, people's votes into categories. So like a labor flip to. Tory, Lib Dem flipped to Tory, you know, whatever else. And all of them, the leading response for why people changed their vote was leadership and not Brexit. Brexit was a close second in a lot of them, but overwhelmingly people's, you know, their response to being polled, which we know is not the most accurate, you know, temperature taker of, of actual real people's motivations. But most people said it was leadership. And I wonder, um, like is it is it because jeremy corbyn was just not appealing to people i mean i have like a i have like a like i have a different like i don't think jeremy corbyn was particularly a like i mean i think he's a very like obviously i think i i agree with him on a lot of things in terms of like the direction of like where the labor party went to needed to go but i don't think he's necessarily an effective leader um and and I, i feel like i always do this but like I think Boris Johnson was a, is a far more effective like leader um, in so far as like, he, I don't know, he, he does, he does the, I mean, so like one of the things that was a backdrop and like in the lead up to the election and then during the election is about how like you had these, like these two wings that have just the, 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 of the labor party that have just been at loggerheads and at war with each other. And uh, no one put down their put down their arms during the election. There was no, there's no party unity, which is really you know weird for the folks that always demand like party unity when they're in power. Um, and so you have like the anti-Semitism backdrop and this like all, all this different stuff about uh, you know Corbyn um, you know being propagated by the media and being you know in, with the support of like members of parliament um, and other like former la- labor leaders, including like Tony Blair. Um, and uh, and I think that definitely has you know it definitely had an impact on what, how people perceive Jeremy Corbyn. But wait, I also think wait, he was weak in some ways as well. So Sean, as a goy, how um, <laughs> could you an- could you please answer the we'll following? Try to goy plan this, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. Like what? Um, uh, why? Where did it come from that Jeremy Corbyn is an anti semite, and like why does that keep? Popping up, even though every uh, Jewish uh, um, publication that I follow um, thinks that that's bullshit. Like, I don't. Why is that happening? Yeah, I'm, it's. I mean, I mean, I think that there certainly have been like, you know, like instances of like anti-Semitism within the ranks of the Labour Party. 
um, and, you know, by, you know, like voiced by like M MPs and former MPs or potential candidates for parliament. But like, I mean, it's like the same, the same as can be said about like the Tories. Never, they're never, they're never vilified for their like Islamophobia. Like they're never, um, or just any, you know, any, you know, ex phobia. Um, and I think it was just like, you know, I think there's like, there's always like a very, like not about Jeremy Corbyn, but like within the labor party is like this being a, like a, uh, uh, you know, some, uh, a, a trend line that did, that did exist, um, for sure. But it was like always over-exaggerated and always, you know, uh, placed at, you know, at, you know, at his doorstep, um, you know, simply because like he wasn't afraid to voice, you know, uh, you know, support for, you know, Palestinian, Palestinian solidarity. Sorry for the sounds. Fred is, Thanks, uh, feeling himself all yeah. up on the mics. Um, hey, Fred. so you think, so, so that's kind of my, inclination is to also think that Jeremy Corbyn was smeared as an anti-Semite because he shows concern yeah. for the Palestinian people yeah. and opposition to kind of imperialist Western uh, uh, culture of intervention, uh, culture of intervention in the Middle East. Yeah. Like, and I, I also saw this video of um, like Zionist Jews having kind of a rally in support of the Tories and a lot of, it actually wasn't even, Labor, they they weren't at least claiming themselves as labor. They were claiming themselves as the Socialist Workers Party in Britain, uh, doing like a counter protest. That was I wouldn't call it violent, but it was aggressive. It was a very aggressive, like "fuck you, Zionist Tories." You yeah. know, we are the SWP, and yet I see this being shared as 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 like a smear against Corbyn yeah. that people shouldn't vote labor because they're anti-Semitic because the SWP was protesting design. It's all very strange. Yeah. Like how it, it's, it's kind of weird to me that you can have both a, a, a quote unquote third or fourth or fifth or seventh party system in the UK that is different because of the parliamentary structure. And yet, so, so you have this kind of, almost like a paradox of, for example, Lib Dems or Greens not being blamed for labor's loss the way you would have it Absolutely. in the States. Yeah. And then you have the kind of like double standard of like Corbyn being blamed for SWP aggressive counter protest. Fred, you need to get the fuck out of here, bro. Get no, out of here. He's good. He's fine. <laughs> What's up, buddy? He, he just loves anti-Zion. <laughs> and he's like really into it. Yeah. So, so Yeah. So the fact is that like even... Like any kind of uh, um, criticism of the state of Israel is reinterpreted yeah, as out. just yeah. always anti-Semitism of all Jews because Zionist Jews are the yeah. only uh, real loyal Jews, right? Right, and the uh, um, and even though if you were to like look at like sort of like rank anti-Semitism of like individuals' prejudices, it probably distributes evenly across conservatives and labor. Tories and labor, uh, but only, but Tories like Republicans in the United States are very good at like grabbing something that is true of mo both parties and making it seem like the problem of one party. Yeah. And I, and I think like also like, I, I think there's, I mean, yeah, there's an element of like his like support of like, you know, the Palestinian, you know, Palestinian struggle and, you know, being in solidarity with Palestine. And I think, you know, they, they also just like, it's not related, but they also pull in like his like past support for, uh, uh, you know, Irish reunification and everything like that. And just like his, his just sort of like you know, quote unquote, like contrarian, um, you know, thoughts on, uh, how England, UK, like participates, you know, globally, um, 
and you know what you want to give away more of the empire yeah yeah and and, and, um and yeah and and then like on top of that it's just like he's like also extrapolated from there like as like you know around his like his opposition to the iraq war his operation to afghanistan it's just like this guy is doesn't it's like he's anti-semitic uh yes but the people that are talking about it and emphasizing that like some of them were uh you know long time like jewish mps who you know perhaps might have experienced like anti-semitism in their time and uh, activism and organizing and what have you in the in the labor party but also were folks that really disagreed with jeremy corbyn not because they thought he was anti-semitic but like he had the audacity to like uh, protest and vote against the iraq war yeah. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, and so that, that's real. That's there's that's that's the real ideological dispute, you know, having that. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing a, 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 almost like a bleeding through into U.S. discourse where because Bernie Sanders has shown similar opposition to, you know, the kind of U.S., U.K., imperialist agenda in the middle east like now he is even though he's the fucking he's as as they like to say ethnically jewish which in my opinion alone is an anti-semitic like uh dog whistle ethnically jewish because you don't count because you're obviously one of quote you know like scare quotes scare quotes those jews yeah Um, jews Yeah. yeah and so I don't, and I feel like this is just a, a tale as old as time of like leftist Jews being smeared as these kind of this cabal of world influencers. Meanwhile, APAC is fucking paying people to smear the the first yeah. potential Jewish president of the United States. Yeah. And college students. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's wild. I, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I think. I mean, yeah. They and, and the thing is, is like. That like they they do it to Bernie and he's far less strident than Jeremy Corbyn was and you know mostly has a you know he's obviously done you know he's not I mean if you listen to very rarely does do we hear Bernie Sanders like talk uh, with any sort of degree of depth and knowledge on foreign like affairs right um, which is you know it's, that's a flaw but it's not it's not, I don't think you know there's a lot of shit to, you know to be done at home you know as well so it's like it's, that's okay and I feel like the way that we always talk about like. Uh, foreign policy in the United States, it's, it's to, to distract and to fear monger, uh, you know, folks from away, you know, with that stuff to take away from like domestic issues. But, uh, he, when he does talk about it, he's like, yeah, he's just not, he's not, he's way less, you know, strident. I mean, like, you know, one of the things that j- was like used against Jeremy Corbyn in this general election was like, he, uh, it is like, he's the opposition to like Trident missiles, which is some sort of I, I'm, it's like a Neptune bomb. I don't, I don't fucking know, but like they were, they want it, it summons Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Jason Momoa <laughs> comes out of the, the 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 seas off the coast of Scotland. Yeah, he just like just aggressively his... wants to smoke weed with. It's <laughs> 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 very annoying. It's very <laughs> annoying. <laughs> could, could also potentially throw a trident, uh, but like, yeah, they they want to put these like missiles or these missiles are, and I don't even really know, but like he is opposed to the trident missiles, um, and also like he was asked like, would you like like would you push the nuke button on the whatever the british equivalent is at the resolute desk and he was like no i I would prefer not to do that and he was like vilified for that yeah i mean that's well that's like the height of weakness if you as a world leader admit to everybody else that you would never use nukes because you live it's like losing the game you guys remember the game like literally like you just lost the game it's like the political version of like what are you gonna cry you gonna cry if you kill all those people that's like that's basically well it's like now that you've told the world that you're unwilling to obliterate them in an in an instant, you're somehow a weak world leader. Yeah, because, because like the, the the immortal science of game theory, right? You ruined it because <laughs> the whole point is that no one knows if you're going to do it or not. Like that's how 
balance of powers works. Yeah. If you just well, yeah, say you're never going to use yeah, it, yeah. then like, yeah. Then it's it's almost like, like a wink and a nudge where it's like, yeah. look, everybody knows you wouldn't nuke them, but you can't just like say you're not going to nuke it. them because then they know that you're not going to nuke them. And we've and all been working you. on yeah. like a wink, Everyone wink, nudge, nudge. Automatically nu- and then nuke everybody other. nukes each other. Yeah, And it's not as good as everybody like fucking each other. It's worse because it's nuking each Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's uh, nobody gets off. No, yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it was. It was. Just, <laughs> it was just such a bad. Like it was. It was like truly like. It's like when is that? It's like when the question comes up. It's like when is what? Like you have to. You have to really think about like the question. Like who's asking that question? It's like you are a sick fuck. Like what? You, that's what you think about of all the things. I you know going back to the criticism of like pl- the, the Labor Party manifesto of the entire kitchen sink I've thrown at you. You're gonna focus on like that's what you think about. That's the thing that's on your mind most of the time. Is like, would you push? But would you push the nuke button? Would you? Would you do it? Like that's like it's like why is that the first thing that gravitates to your right. mind in terms yeah. of like a priority? Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like like no one can get to work on time because the trains don't work. Yeah, but what about like a nuclear conflagration? Yeah. Like, yeah. could you like would you would you do that? We've, yeah, we like we prioritize yeah. the. We, would you we, blow up Pakistan? How about blowing up Pakistan? We, we gave Richard like, Branson. What the fuck are you talking about? We gave we were, Richard Branson control of the rails in Wales, uh, and they suck shit, and they're really expensive but yeah would what would you do about like i don't know like yeah would you are you willing to use the nukes to like reconquest hong kong or something like that (laughs) (laughs) so so i imagine a lot of our listeners are going home for the holidays and some of them will have very savvy family members and the vast majority of them will not because we don't yeah you know but let's imagine and actually i'm going to talk to my mom next week and so i'm going to have to prepare for this conversation as well many of us i imagine will be um can you Sean, help us build a rhetorical argument, a sort of um, a, a counter argument to the notion that Jeremy Corbyn was too far left to win and that similarly Bernie is too far left to win. And so 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 how do we counter the notion that like the Brexit election is proof that progressive agendas are, are not good for U.S. democracy? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's like really simple. Like, I mean, like, there's no denying that like labor like lost, but like, I, I think like it's important to like realize it's like it's not the left that collapsed; it's the it's the center that collapsed. Like, you know, we had this election that you know, we, you know, the Labor Party leadership and the folks that were running the campaign um, just thought people were tired with Brexit meant that we should talk about other stuff. Um, when instead it was really that people are tired with Brexit and like, let's just get it over with. We don't want to vote about it again. Um, right, we don't want to vote on it again. We, it, we, the, the decisions has been made. And, you know, those for a large chunk of the electorate, those folks who are still like, you know, belligerent about it uh, are, 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 are the ones that are actually, in fact, wasting our time. Let's finish this. And then, yes, we can focus on that. Whether, you know, and whether I or anyone agrees with that or not, um, or thinks it's the right, you know, opinion or belief to have. This isn't really withstanding. That's what people. That's what drove folks to vote. Um, and folks were like, "No, it's, we'll we'll elect a government, uh, you know, um, or you know, we'll vote the way that will ultimately lead to electing a government that will get this thing done and off of just done. Get it. Get us out of the EU. We'd rather put up with five years of a government we don't necessarily agree with to just get Brexit over with than necessarily voting yeah. with the party we would historically 
yeah. to end up doing another referendum, yeah. essentially. I think, yeah, it's like, you know, because like it's not you know, the Brexit. It's just like leaving the EU is like all they're doing right now is figuring out like what the withdrawal agreement is. It's like we, what the, the next what's going to happen over the next couple of years um, is going to be like the, then the negotiating of the trade deals and the new, you know, economic and trade relationship. Um uh, with uh, with the EU and then other countries now, because that's something I that's part of the thing about being a member of the EU is you can't you know you lose a little you sacrifice a little little bit of sovereignty, but then you get all these good deals with the bigger the bigger EU or whatever. EU right. Yeah. Right. So, okay, saw- so so then like what is that? So the fact that Brexit is what it is and people want it done, like why why is that if flying the ointment of like relaying Amer- uh, British politics to American politics? Is it just because we don't have a Brexit that is cut, di- slicing and dicing up electorates yeah. in a way that yeah, and, I mean, written? I don't think, we, I mean, we, we definitely, we don't have a real Brexit. Like Brexit, I think, is like, a, you know, a consequential question. And I, I get the, like, the pros and cons and sort of anyone who pretends to, like, understand, or I shouldn't say that anyone who pretends to understand, but, like, most people that pretend to understand the EU are, they don't understand the EU. I don't understand the EU. It's, it's deliberately, you know. It's like deliberately confusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's um, like a very undemocratic. It's just, it's just a way to build loft. Yeah, it's just a way to. It's just a. I honestly think it's just a manner for like real estate to build like loft apartments in like Strasbourg and fucking Brussels. But and investors yeah. to have like a standard <laughs> yeah. for you know buying stock. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. It's just a big slush fund for for capital. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I think like we do have like a Brexit. It's not consequential. It doesn't really matter. Um, but we have this other thing that has just been the backdrop. Uh, you know, of American politics, which has been, you know, impeachment. Um, and uh, people want that to go away, too, because um, it's dumb. It's <laughs> it's really fucking stupid. Yeah. And, it, you know, the, the only difference between the, the I mean, yeah, for three, I mean, when was the Brexit referendum? 2016. So for three, really four years and for a long time before, you know, you had this like, you know, Euroskeptic now these bre- they're called Brexiteers, like faction within both parties um, that, you know, really, you know, brought up folks around like, let's leave the EU. Um, and then they were successful in terms of winning a referendum. Uh, and then it's been just been going on because people, were, the you know, Parliament was shocked by this. Um, you know, David Gar- Cameron resigned. Theresa May takes over. Um there's a general, you know, there's this, you know, there's general election, you know, where her and, you know, her and uh, labor went up against it, you know, and there was, you know, and then they've been negotiating it ever since 2017. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's just been going on and on and on. And yeah, I'm bored of it. I don't even, I'm not even, I don't have to, I don't think I have to, I don't know what the brunt will bear as like, you know, Americans and what happens yeah. with the Brexit. It does, it does seem like it's a disruptive thing that I, it actually is consequential is my point though. And then we have impeachment, which is this other thing that just sucks a whole lot of oxygen, um, out of the air and, and a lot of people hate impeachment. Like a lot of people fucking hate hearing about and reading. And other people love it. Like there are certainly, you know, lots of Americans popping popcorn yeah, people, over people impeachment. People wanted to, people wanted to have it, you know, wanted to, like the liberal Democrats, the reason why they, they, their support like collapsed is because they were like, we're going to just revoke article 50, which is whatever. And I don't know where it's like in the EU, like bylaws or whatever um that like or you know like that's how they triggered the withdrawal negotiations and they were like we'll just revoke that we'll literally ignore like a you know a plebiscite 
like a and, public uh, referendum. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna ignore, ignore those results. And we'll just and it's just no no uh, no breaks. And I, I, I want yeah. I have, we'll I have you, you mentioned the infographic, and I, I feel like this probably is like bears out of there. Is like even folks who supported like Remain were like, yeah, but you can't do that. Like you know, um, it's like to ignore. Like it's like because elections there are you know or this one was like sixty two percent like a lot of people participated in this referendum as well as the majority the majority wills you know spoke and then to ignore it um, but there's no popular support for impeachment there's never it's never polled with any like any significant popular support that's not within the margin of error um, and there's certainly certainly I've never been before, put before the the American people is like should we pursue this we don't have a process for that thankfully saw- that would suck I. We should have a we should have a referendum process, but we ne- impeachment should be prohibited from ever being discussed there. God, I saw something uh, kind of a weird like triangulation of themes from the show so far. But I, I saw somebody arguing on Twitter that um, Brexit was inherently conservative because it limits the movements of workers, and that a kind of workers based <clears throat> a workers based political movement has to allow for the free movement of workers. And David, you've written before about the double freedom, like Marx's double freedom. Yeah. So is it, 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 this might be like my naivete showing, but is it inherently pro-worker to allow that sort of transnational movement? Or does that not, if for some reason to me, it seems like that benefits capital much more than it does workers. But I, I, I think you can't answer is moving across borders good for workers without also answering what's the state of capital and how free is capital to move across borders Mm -hmm. is if capital i.e money and the ability of capitalists to like control what happens across borders like if if capital has a lot of power and labor has very little power then labor kind of needs to follow capital or it will or, or capital can find a way to just like leverage these uh, labor across the across that border, that barrier. I think that bears out. But, and I think that bears out with like the EU too. Right? Yeah. yeah like it like seems France and France and Germany are the biggest economy. UK creates more capital freedom than worker freedom. Yeah, and so like I mean like uh, it's I mean like I mean basically yeah the basically the way that how the EU has developed over the decades now um, is basically been just a result of like yeah like folks from like the former Soviet bloc uh, you know migrating west. Um, uh, to work in you know in whatever industry jobs there um and uh uh you know willing you know willing to accept you know lower standards than uh you know national you know you know british nationals or french nationals or whatever even though because they're at least it's higher than the standards in like romania or fucking poland or right. you know, cyprus or whatever yeah, so, so that 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 i can't th- that builds up to the final point that I really want to make about this strange disagreement I've seen about whether or not Brexit is a, a, a political question, whether or not it's a left or right. Right. So that leaves to me the immigrant question, which is that like Brexit is really bad for immigrants. It strikes me that Brexit doesn't really seem bad for British workers in any significant way um, other than like the Scots who maybe want to stay in the EU for freedom of movement doesn't seem inherently bad for like a socialist workers perspective, but it does really fuck over immigrants. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like one thing is that um, like in the beginning of the new deal, like, right. uh, uh, They didn't have any sort of tariff protections 
and there was no like requirement to buy American or whatever. And so the uh, recently out of work, like steel mill workers or like concrete factories, like they had all gone out of business, but it was fairly recent. And if you put tariff protections on it, then like a, a, a business or a building that had only just recently, you know, in a couple of years, like stopped working could be, you know, like, you know, get get back into working order and, you know, and you spur uh, steel and concrete production, all those other things. Um, I was just I was actually just reading about that in the student's paper uh, about the Triborough Bridge. Mm. That, the student, um, the... In one of my master's students. Yeah. Yeah, where uh, he did his paper on the Triborough Bridge and how, like, it was actually started at the very... Uh, um, when the market crashed. And then it was, like, paused for, like, four years. Um, and it was... Uh, and until you could get, like, New Deal money. And then uh, it all started working. But, you know, like, you would get, like, Nazi steel and and french concrete and stuff like that and so you have to and so they put up the, these protections but the important th- thing there is that like we had product we have ca- we had capacity to produce that would that you could rehab whereas now or in the case of the united states or england we've been a consumer economy for so long that these sorts of tariff protections don't like magically increase production and and create jobs in those things that you made more expensive to bring into the country. Right. Um, that's a much longer project that um, doesn't work if you're still under like an austerity mindset where the government can't like get strongly involved in the economy and say like, you know, bring billions of dollars to bear on uh, infrastructure and uh, industrial production. I mean, my, my under, like, my, like, loose understanding of, like, the EU, like, uh, the, the two sides of, like, the sort of, like, leaving the EU debate, because this is something that's, like, this has been a trend line recently, you know, like, in Greece, you know, when they had their, you know, they, they did everything, they got all these loans from the EU and from, you know, primarily, like, bankrolled by, like, Germany, and, and then they became due, and they were, you know, after, and they instituted all the austerity, they still couldn't, you know, they, they were told to, and then it just became time to... You know, it's like they played this like game of like brinksmanship with the EU, and there was this like there was this there was this moment where it seemed like they might actually just leave, and then there was this like you know eleventh hour deal um, that you know was sort of seen as like a uh, a capitulation by Syriza and their support collapse in the next election. And I think so. My point is is that like the EU is like is a fundamentally unpopular institution. I think across quarters um in 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 europe and it's because it's completely incomprehensible and but what is fairly straightforward about it is it's like it's not it's not concerned with you know my as a working you know working class person's interest um uh, and uh, it sees me literally as a che- like as like malleable like chess chess piece that can be moved wherever wherever i'm needed it, i mean it's, and it's a perfect it's a, it's a mechanism for capital yeah. Yeah. not for workers not for citizens yeah. it doesn't make a single person in the eu's life better it makes it easier for multinational corporations and and large political economic entities to do business easier and then the debate has become i think among like some on the left is like can it be reformed from within this is sort of like the yanis Varoufakis like angle um uh and then can it can it not be and um, I mean, I, I think, I think like it, it's not a democratic institution, so I don't think that, I don't really think it can really be reformed from within. And the manner in which you would do that is you'd have to, you have to replicate that across like 27 states and yeah, I mean, there's, member states. there's no element of the European Union that is democratic 
Actually, in any way. They just like, they just is... elected their president. Their, they have a, they have so many. They have fucking different presidents, and they have like it's the largest parliament in the in the world. Like, um, but they they elected their president. They there's a naturally there's a German word for it. Um, that's like kindergarten. Liebenstrom. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's beep, that's, beep, a, beep. No, no, that's no, a spicy one. No, no, actually, EU basically does fucking operate like that because it is the biggest and most militarized border in the world, um, uh, and it's it's a breathing space for Europeans. We've done away with the Aryan line and just like just Europeans, um, which is it's. I mean, it's a really dark, like you know, like you know. I mean, like we have all these far right wing parties in like Hungary that have come into power. Um, because of like strict like immigration controls that they've tried to institute as the as the sort of frontier of the EU. Right. Um, anyway, what was this? Oh yeah. So the president of the commission, or the president of parliament, or both, there is like sort of these two like meta parties that are made up of all of the different left and right and centrist parties in the different member states. Um, so like the Tories are members of. I think it's the EPP, like the European People's Party, which sounds really, really dark. Uh, yeah. Um, really bad. That sounds real Nazi, honestly. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, but I think, I think, but yeah, I might, I, might, I don't know, either the centrist or the, the, the conservative faction within the part, but like they run similar, like par- these like sort of parliamentary elections across Europe. And then the same deal, like all the different parties that get elected in the different member states across the different constituencies, European constituencies. And then like, you know, if they, they, there's never been, there's not, it was like hung or whatever. And then they just like negotiate like which party is going to be the commission president and which member or which party is going to have the parliamentary presidency, which are different things. And I don't even know what the commission is. Jesus. I think uh, yeah. The commission like, is made up of all the member states leaders. So it's it's it, who I don't wouldn't know. be enthusiastic about being a part of this it's totally the world's like f- most fucked up organization yeah. chart ever spend a saturday <laughs> knocking door to door hoping that your party's meta party can get a controlling <laughs> stake of the commission that will elect its president yeah. so so <laughs> I, look here's the thing people are gonna tell you that jeremy corbyn was too sexy yeah. And that Bernie is also too sexy. The, and they, for those reasons... Too, mi- too big of squashes. Their basketball game is too good. Elgato, was, Elgato, Jezza's cat, was too cute. Yeah. Too cute. This okay. cat's name is Elgato. I know, I know. It's really, really cute. Mm. Um, and, and so... And like that may be a little bit... Like people are always looking for explanations, ways to understand the world. And that may seem a bit appealing to people who are on the fence about Brother Bernard. Um, but the problem is that it's actually elitist, aristocratic, uh, European parliamentary governing principles that are so far beyond what any of us imagines democracy to actually look like, combined with just like boring, dumb Brexit shit that people are just tired of talking about. So get it done. Ultimately, the real reason, it's not that Bernie is too hot, although I understand why people might imagine that, that he's just like too sexy to elect. But it's actually that um, the the major issues that take over entire nationalities and media cycles are just kind of boring and dumb. And so, and impeachment. No, impeach. This is like, I mean, they're supposed to start the trial, the Senate trial, like next month or something yeah. like that. And Lindsey Graham and I mean, Mitch McConnell have already said... 
They don't give a fuck what happens in the Senate trial. They're not going to vote to impeach. No Republican in the Senate is going to vote to impeach. And guess what? The Dems didn't fucking win the Senate in the last election. And it's maybe, I don't know, they probably just were too far left. I imagine that's why they didn't win the Senate in the last election. So I, they're, I just, I don't, I've told you both this. I, I, I still don't even know what he's being impeached for, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, he's being impeached for, uh, oh, for giving bad customer service to the Ukraine. No, that's not it. Yeah, that's no, it. no, that's essentially it. They, like, no, they gave not. bad customer service to Ukraine. And so they didn't that's a, give that's them an, enough weapons. That's a weapons disingenuous argument, up, and that's not and actually that's how it's based on the constitutional <laughs> law. That is not why Trump is being... I know that that's like no, a fun dunk, service but... service is in Article 3, Section No, I, I get that that's a really fun customer dunk, service, but this is why libs policies. will never take leftists <laughs> seriously if they... Rights. Good right, customer service. Whatever. Fine. <laughs> Being able I, to speak to I someone's get, manager. I get framed as a liberal because I actually <laughs> give a shit and follow these things. But at the end of the day, like, that's why no lib will ever take you seriously. It's because you actually think that's why Trump's being impeached. When, in fact, there are very clear-cut constitutional laws that he's violated. That it's that a, is why about, he's being... And it is the response... Right? It it's is about, the, like, the, the Hunter Biden... It's, a, like, it's about obstruction of justice. It's about the quid pro quo. Like, there are, there are yeah. legit, like, legal reasons why it was incumbent upon the House to impeach Trump. It was their constitutional duty. If we're all going to follow a constitutional system of Republican government, then we made these laws and now we have to follow them. And it was the, it's dumb. I think impeachment is dumb. I think it's boring. I think it's not good for Dems. I think it's not good for anybody who's opposed to Trump, but. They had an obligation to go through it. And it's not just because Hunter Biden <laughs> is like a, a snack and a half and he got $50,000 a month to to do a job. That's that's not it. it. I do th- anyway. I do it's think because like- Eric uh, like doesn't like Hunter. Eric <laughs> Trump do- doesn't like Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> this, this glibness. Is like- <laughs> I do think that there's like, I mean, like, I think like the whole like impeachment thing, it's like, it's, uh, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot like. What I think, like, some of the flaws in, like, Jer- Jeremy Corbyn's leadership and her time in leadership, which is nearly over, uh, you know, the, 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 the comparison to trash is, I think, is, like, is important. It's just, like, like, yeah, they protect, like, the Republicans protect their own, even in spite of, like, again, I don't know what they are, but presumably probably legitimate, like, reasons to impeach a president. Uh, um, and, you know, vis-a-vis, like, and they're going to collapse in support and, you know, around him, you know, and, and they will, like, they're like, yeah, he, uh, he probably broke the emoluments clause or whatever. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to learn. Uh, but, uh, um, but like compared to like when, when, Do better. when, uh, when, uh, like the break, the, the, when Boris Johnson brought his, so they're going to collapse in support around him. Boris Johnson brings his, his withdrawal agreement, uh, that he negotiates with the EU to parliament. And some of some of them, like twenty something of them, like vote against it. And he's like, "You're fucking off the Christmas card list. Get out of here." Um, and we, 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 you know, we, we, we live and die together, right? You know? yeah, <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, if you're not willing to do that, like you're off the Christmas card list. And I think that's like, I think that's something that's like Jezza didn't do is like all these people that were just continuously beating the drum on anti-Semitism, um, all these people that were always like contradicting him. You know, he was opposed to like mandatory like reselection in the constituencies. He wasn't willing to just like, yeah, just, you know, just like, yeah, put, take someone off the Christmas card list. And I think if Bernie's successful, you know, knock on wood, fingers and toes, cross the horn on yards. Um, uh, you know, I think that that is the approach that like, if we're going to turn the Democratic Party into anything that's like worth like 
maybe this time, maybe this time we can actually reform it. If it's ever going to be like, you have to approach it in a, in a position of leadership. It's like, if you do not collapse in line with me, like you're fucking done. Like I, it doesn't matter if we lose this, this Senate's re, like, it's, I'd rather, I'd rather have someone I can rely on me to vote against me. Some unreliable quote unquote, like ally. Or, I almost think we, I also think we kind of have like bizarro leadership shifts where like Bojo is much more appealing and charismatic and much sexier than Donald Trump. Bojo can get it any day of the week. Uh, Donald Trump is like disgusting and dumb and yeah. (laughs) Sean is doing like the head scrub. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's something about Boris Johnson that's that's charming, especially if you're British and you like, like, you know, uh, doughy buck teeth people like then he's and Bojo's your guy yeah yeah and and I or, also think or that Joe Johnson his brother his Chad brother his brother <laughs> good looking dude honestly actually, yeah yeah like, I'm a little not, not even being ironic whereas Bernie is a lot more I think more charismatic than Jezza like he I, I think he's um more relatable he's funnier he's more natural like even watching Jeremy Corbyn come out the day of the like like election night he kind of looks like a little stiff and like a little crazed and i think bernie is comfortable like, with the glare yeah yeah i think i so i do uh, i think we can't underestimate the kind of like uh authoritarian charisma of the leaders of these parties and and see that as and that they're parties and that like you know parties elect leadership and that like i'm you know until you unelect me like I'm, I'm, this is, this is, and you know, not just me, but like us, this like leadership and stuff like that. Like you've entrusted us to do this and, uh, yeah, I'm going to, this is, this is, and you entrusted us to do this uh, along these lines. Yeah. Believe it or not, not every single voter spends six hours a week producing a podcast and studying politics. Like Weird. most people look at who is in charge and think I like them or I don't. And that's, you know, uh, not everybody reads guardian uh, columns. And no one should, not even us. Yeah, not everyone is a Guardian columnist. And the Guardian mobile site is trash as fuck. It is dog shit. It's second only to the Independent, which the Independent is unreadable. The the Daily Mail on on your phone is also, like, it's, I I didn't know it was possible to get that many pop-up ads on on a mobile device, and it's like, it's like even more aggressive. It's like I'm I'm looking at Pornhub. My phone once shouted, help me, (laughs) after loading a Daily Mail. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so uh, it's not that they went too far to the left. It's that the center bitches weren't loyal. Yeah, and these uh, hoes. Do I have to say it again, folks? Yeah. These hoes ain't loyal. Right. Yeah, and it, Bernie. That, this doesn't spell a defeat for Bernie if maybe he gets wise to the fact that this isn't about compromise within the party. Yeah. Like, this isn't a, like, if you get, like, if he wins the nomination and he doesn't, like, roll some heads in the DCCC or whatever, whatever else party uh, uh, power centers that be, like, if if he doesn't, like, install his own people, um, then that could be problem. Then, then, like, someone within the party could very easily, like, sabotage the whole thing in Trump's favor. Unfortunately, the task before him is, like, super easy. He can, you know, because there isn't, he doesn't have, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no possibility of, like, a national referendum on, like, impeachment. He just has to, like, vote yes to impeach in the Senate trial where he'll lose. It'll be done by, like, February, and then it'll be, like, what, you know, eight, ten months to November, and some, some other fresh hell will happen. 
um, or something will happen and it'll be time to Dozens just Dozens of but, trash hells yeah, tons, will tons happen. Tons of things, between. other primaries, and he'll be able to he'll be able to focus and just go back and no one will ever be able to say that he didn't vote the right way. And there's and someone, I don't know, uh, what's the, what's her, Amanda Marcotte might write a, like a column about like he should have called for a national referendum, like a second referendum, but like no one's going to fucking read that. No one. I should. fucking hate Amanda yeah, Marcotte. I can't she's stand a, her. Yeah, yeah. Sucks. Yeah, so yeah, no, she sucks. <laughs> she's she's been quiet, right? The past like three, I, I or I've ignored her. One of the no, two. she just says dumb shit. No. She's still saying she's still out there saying but mad pe- dumb shit. People like her will call say like he should have called for a referendum, and it's just like how fucking idiot. Like this isn't possible. Uh, and and but whatever that that one will read that, and he'll have voted the right way, and we'll be able to hope you know hopefully wins the convention, you know if not you know President Deval Patrick, you know he's got my vote already, and uh, yeah that's it. Well, Sean, we're really really glad that you joined us, and we're yeah. very grateful to you for helping us figure out all these yeah. these crazy yeah. Brits. And I feel like we neglected to do this, but like righto. <laughs> Cheerio. Oh, oh, I'm going to travel on the wrong side of the road. We, we forgot to. Yeah, we I forgot live to, on an island. We live on an we island. We forgot to do it at the very beginning. It was like, oh, those are fucking elections. Oh, bloody oh. Omni shambles, mate. Oh, <laughs> oh, um, big, big apologies to any of our UK listeners, but. <laughs> that, that, that's a British ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Porgies. Okay, I'm I spent I, I'm I'm I spent so much time the last few months trying to get my British accent down for this book, and I'm really offended that you guys are just throwing it out there as if it doesn't take any expertise. Yeah, yeah. because it does. <laughs> does does the does the pod have a like the sort of parliamentary mace that you pick up when that's that you can no longer pod anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Is that you should have one? Yeah, that's a good one. idea. That's a good idea. All right, thank you, Sean. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. bye bye bye. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Like magic. (laughs) Thank you, Sean, for um, thanks for chatting with us about the UK elections. I can't believe you said that. (laughs) Wild. Wild. Uh, Us, your your podcast hosts, we have no idea what Sean has said because we have not conducted the interview yet, but. But this uh, is all the radio. But it was ma- wild. But radio, radio <laughs> I can't magic. believe he said that. I know. I know. So inappropriate. <laughs> ah, that's that's why you can only listen to this podcast after 10 p.m. Yeah, the our yeah your podcast app will just won't play it until after 10 p.m. Because we're so wild. Because we're so wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, the, the rules of what you can put over the airwaves have that. Uh, time uh, slot. Right, yeah, no, like, that's what like, I'm referring to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, isn't that quaint? It's, it seems so quaint now. The whole thing is so weird. Yeah, um, it was like only softcore porn after 10 p.m. That's, yeah, and you, can, like, only, what? And you can only say fuck once yeah. to be PG-13. Yeah. Right? I think you can say fuck once. Can you have one brutal murder? Mur- uh, violence is like um, like completely fine. Yeah. Like most violence you Blood, can get. Blood, though, I think yeah. is different. Gore. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's like violence, cool, uh, uh, sex, sex. No, sex is at the bottom. You, <laughs> no, no, absolutely sex no sex. Allowed. Yeah, you have lots of violence, no sex, and like a couple, a little bit of cursing in the middle, and that's which is the opposite of how it should be, guys. Yeah, yeah. no violence, tons of sex, <laughs> curse the whole time. Yeah. <sighs>
Yeah, I mean, with without violence, uh, sex would all be, you know, very consensual and non-traumatizing uh, uh, to watch. <laughs> no kink shaming, though. If you like your sex to be a little violent, that's all right. Does it count as violence, though? I guess it does. Sure. Yeah, in terms of... Because it comes down to harm, right? So, like... I don't know. It's like violent without harm, without being harmful. Yeah, I don't know. Because like if you, you know, destroy like a Starbucks window, I wouldn't call that, uh, you know, violence because it's not being done to a human being. It's not causing harm to that human being. But like if I was to do, um, I guess it's violence. I, I, it's I train, violence, yeah. I train Kung Fu with people. It's literally and, violence. And I punch them and I kick them and I throw them and they do the same things to me. And I don't think of that as violent. It but is. like, I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well. Good thing I'm not a pacifist. I don't feel like I, uh, you know, I am inconsistent on this. But no moral quandaries. No, but but I am anti-war. You know, with very few exception. I think the Kurds have a case for using you know arms to keep from being genocided. Oh yeah, right go now. Kurds. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pro Kurd. Well, like, Sorry, I shouldn't laugh about that. But I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, like I'm pro the the Kurdish people's yeah. uh, struggle. Or if they're saying like a with Palestinians, man. Yeah, yeah. fuck it up. Yeah, for real. Fuck it up. Um, do you guys want to talk about, do you want to get to our wildflower? Yeah. Yeah? Let's do it. The, ML, the Major League Baseball Players Union has negotiated with MLB so that players will now start, they will start being tested for opioids and cocaine, but marijuana will be re- removed from the list of uh, drugs of abuse and will be treated the same as alcohol. Nice. As part of changes announced on Thursday. This nice. is clearly a reply or a response to Bernie Sanders' demands to nationalize Major League Baseball. Wait, mm. what? Oh, no, I guess he didn't say, he didn't, he didn't demand it be nationalized, but he's like, he's like writing furiously, like at MLB uh, publicly saying that they're, they're trying to slash a bunch of minor league teams. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Bernie Sanders stand is on like, the minor league teams. I Why know does that. he rule so much? Yeah. <laughs> minor league baseball is awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's like, also that's a lot only- of jobs. That's a, a great American pastime. Must be a place for a great American living wage. But it also it also makes sense because like Bernie Sanders is a Red Sox fan, and so like if you're if you're thinking about baseball as like a thing where like the w- most winningest team should be the ones <laughs> that are the most popular, like obviously. Yeah, you know, Red Sox are just like perpetual underdogs. Yeah, uh, but also now Burlington, you know, like they only have the uh, the Lake Monsters, I believe, is their minor league baseball team. They're in the mm. same conference as uh, our, our our Tri City Valley Cats. So Valley see them Cats. all the time. Oh yeah. yeah, we love our Tri City Valley Cats. Yeah, yeah, I, that league. was our first episode. The 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 album oh, art. Yeah. Do they have? Had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had all, Ribby all, died the, for your sins. Ribby died right. for your Ribby sins. Died for your sins. Yep. Episode, episode one. Yeah. Zero um, one. Yeah. We we talked about it briefly, uh, but I was just wondering: Are the hot dogs that they sell in an upstate New York minor league baseball stadium? Are they the little hot dogs with like, no. the chili? No. no, no, they're the big ones. Ah, uh, see, yeah, that's an inconsistency right here. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Like you know, like have regional. Yeah. Flavor. Like, I want a chili or a Chicago style chili dog when I'm in Chicago at the minor league game. And, you know, New York style mini hot dogs, you know? Oh, hey. God, I love hot dogs of all varieties. But thinking about a Chicago dog makes me. I really want a hot dog. 
Yeah. I remember one of those episodes uh, that we did early on, you guys brought me like this gigantic chili dog from like Stewart's or something. Sonic. Yeah. Sonic. Yeah. That thing was amazing. I ate that thing, but like right after we were potting, I unate that thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Took about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's really great that the MLB is going to um, reclassify marijuana as. Uh, not a drug of abuse. That's pretty cool. I think it's horseshit that they have to be tested for cocaine and opioids, but there, whatever. Yeah, that is, eh, yeah. Do you yeah. want to do a little blow on your time off? But, what, what business is that of your fucking bosses, man? I'm there, just saying. There was a guy who was a major league baseball player uh, pitcher, and he had the night off because um, he wasn't supposed to be playing, and um, he took acid with his friends, and then it because like the main pitcher had an injury or something happened, he was like called in to play. And I don't know, like if if y'all have ever had to go into work after uh, taking an edible or something. I have gone to work on mushrooms before when I was a, <laughs> when I was a busboy at a fine dining restaurant. That was wild. Yeah. So, so this guy went in uh, and and played the the whole game as like the starting pitcher, and he pitched a no hitter on acid. Oh and my god! It's like one of those legendary yeah. stories. I, uh, now you say that, I, I remember the, the that, name right now. That's a that's a thing. I do remember in in college. Yeah, yeah. I remember in college, I, I ate a brownie and made like the rookie mistake of like not knowing how quickly it would kick in and how strong it would be. I went to like a, a fucking student government meeting after eating this thing, and like by the end of it, there's like telling people, "I love your ideas." It was like it was like it was so. You were so really stereotypical. Feel, you're was, really feeling it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys are doing a great job. <laughs> so, Doc Ellis is the guy that was in the MLB, and he uh, threw a no-hitter on acid. I'll put a link to... That uh, is fucking cool. Yeah. P- pretty interesting story. Uh, yeah. Like, I, can't, I, can't, I can only imagine. So, do they, they should be testing probably for acid. That you can't probably... test for acid. Oh, because no, it's so, it so goes, dilute. It goes in and, from what I understand, it goes in and out of your bloodstream too quickly. Uh, I may be wrong about that. I'm not sure. But I'm, I'm, I'm like 95% sure you can't test for LSD. I do know that LSD is the most potent psychoactive drug known to human beings in terms of the amount of um, dosage you need to have effect. It's like on the level of millions of a gram, yeah. like micrograms. Well, so you can have a piece of dried out paper that was in a dilute solution of this stuff and you can touch it and, and <laughs> through your trip, skin, yeah. you yeah. can get like enough to be like, you know, on a trip for a certain amount of time. And that that's insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that seems to be a performance enhancing drug. There was a big scandal in uh, the major league gaming um, when after the fact, a certain championship team uh, went on a podcast or something and talked about how they were all on Adderall that day, and people were like, "Oh, oh, like that's like okay, that's like clearly a performance." That's doping, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's doping for an e gamer, you know, like yeah. uh, an e athlete. I mean, if you want to make the argument that e games are real sports, yeah. which I'm fine with that argument, yeah, he can't be doping, yeah. Yeah. Well, at what point is like coffee a doping? Right. That's like an illegal, illegal doping. Right. But like Adderall is yeah. also legal if you have a, uh, a uh, p- prescription. What? Yeah. And to yeah, get but- that, you just need to have a uh, ADHD. And like, we all know how easy it is to like, get a prescription for being diagnosed for ADHD. It's like, I, I can't read like this just, book, you know, it, like. 
if you're trying to draw a line somewhere, you just have to use your brain and realize that it's like part of like it's about magnitude, like how much more wired does a cup of coffee or even 10 cups of coffee versus like Adderall. Make I feel it, like 10 you know? cups of coffee gets into the, the Adderall. I don't think of. 10 cups of coffee is even touching Adderall. Maybe. No way. But you, yeah. I think you have to use your brain on Adderall. Yeah. To find the line. To find the line. Whether or not. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's fair. But a lot of people, you know, that's one of the things that they say about ADHD is like that if you don't have it, your reaction to Adderall is different than you do if you it's do entirely have it. Different. Yeah. It does the opposite, essentially. If you have ADHD, Adderall, yeah. like actually, clip, like, calms you down, calms you down and, and helps you clarify. Yeah. For me, I've, I, I did a little bit of it in high school, like, you know, just put a little bit in my orange juice or whatever in the morning and, and slip that down because uh, my roommate had um, it and he had these like little gel caps. And you could like peel it apart and they were just full of these little microbeads. And so you could like very volumetrically equally like, you know, take a little measure it out and, uh, and then, you know, just take as much as you want. And I remember it was crazy. It was such a crazy upper and I sat down and I'm somebody who's like easily distracted. Um, you? So, yeah. No. Uh, and so I had to write this paper. It was like 20 <laughs> page paper and I wrote the 20 pages in a day. It was like eight hours or so. And what was crazy is I got so locked into typing and writing and just like being in the zone. And then I started getting a, a physical feeling running from my toes up through the top of my head of like warmth and like vibration. Like when I was in the writing mode, like when I got like more and more locked into the process of like writing this, this long paper I was writing, like I just started getting physical feelings of like, waves of uh you know warmth and uh vibration and then you got a d on the paper right? <laughs> well the, I, you know i actually i think i got like a b and it was it was a weird thing it was because you know i'm an engineer i don't typically write 20 right, page yeah. papers um it was for a humanities class i was taking on electronic art and it was like electronic art theory and i was writing this paper based on a research of a whole bunch of different subgenres of electronic art that i had been into and like how they played off each other in various motifs and stuff and I ended up getting a bunch of like points off on that thing simply because he didn't know who I was referencing and didn't want to take the time to like look them up on Google. He's like, I don't know who these people are. And he like straight up took points off it. That's Whatever. Lame. What a, yeah. Yeah. What but the point is like, it, I wasn't trying to grade grub in that class. Like I was, you know, trying to get a good GPA or whatever, but it was like a, uh, a what do you call it? Like a, uh, a humanities elective that I was taking for fun and, so I could learn how to use Cubase. You fucking engineers never take the humanities seriously. <laughs> I, I you enroll in our classes and you take a bunch of Adderall. <laughs> you write shitty papers about artists no one's ever heard of before. Yeah, pretty fucking much. Fucking engineers. Pretty much. Yo, I always was blown away at how much uh, the humanities people could read and write. Just the amount of reading and writing that was required for the curriculum. I was just blown away. It's so insane. Like the idea of, I mean, I could do like a thousand very hard engineering problems, sure. But the idea of like writing a 20 page paper on a single topic, it's like super daunting. I mean, when I was in grad school, if you were taking three or four classes, you were writing 25 page term papers for each class. So you would at the end of the semester be writing at least a hundred pages in finals. Yeah, that's, that's too much writing. Holy My shit. My dissertation was 360 pages. Holy shit. Yeah. So they just make authors out of all y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just, they just break you over the keyboard day in, day out, and just turn you in, all into authors. Pretty much. And then you, you know, 
either get out of academia. And you either, or, yeah, you either uh, submit or rebel. Yeah. Well, good. Yep. You're definitely not having a good time if you can't write uh, at least a lot of text, if not good text. Yeah. 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 So, MLB uh, says weed <laughs> is good. Cool. And that's pretty neat. I'm about and, and, that. And this, this uh, applies to minor league baseball, too, it looked like. I hope so. Yeah. I like to think that our Tri-City Valley cats are, are token, token up a little bit. Ch- cats can have a little weed. Yes. You did it. Valley cats can have a little weed. Yeah. All right. That's the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to do another little... After we already did, bees can have a little salami. Yeah, oh, no, I think really? that's. Yeah. I think we're going with a theme here. Was, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Cat, okay. yeah. Valley cats can have a little weed. We'll do a little, a cute little graphic. <laughs> <laughs> Are we Gucci? We Gucci, man. Gucci on main. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. Ironweeds Pod. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram. Ironweeds Pod. You can send us an email at ironweedspod at gmail.com. That is. You can support us on Patreon. Yeah, at patreon.com. Slash ironweeds. Yes. And for those of you who are already supporting us, we love you. You're, we're so grateful. You guys are great. And if you're considering supporting us, uh, what are you waiting for? You fucking asshole. Get on there and do it. Just stop whatever you're doing right now. Head on over there. Give us a dollar a month. You know, I met two uh, Ironweed supporters that I'd never met before last night. And I got to say that out of, um, you know, the classification of Ironweed supporters versus regular uh, everybody else, Ironweed supporters are the best people on the planet. They're more attractive. They're they're hot. They're very hot. They're extremely hot. Very hot right now. They're really smart. Uh, And yeah, just, you know, I, I love them a lot. I love all the listeners a lot, but especially yeah. the people who are, uh, you know, helping, helping us grow this pod, you know, helping, uh, keep this gig economy, uh, attention economy, yeah. uh, engine of, uh, you know, fun times, uh, anti-boredom, um, you know, alive. Yeah. They're eternally scientific. <laughs> Eternal science. <laughs> Chris, Chris made a joke about the, the eternal science of podcasting earlier, and I fucking I peed a little bit. It was so funny. Holy shit. Uh, but yeah, thanks so, so much. So, if, if there's a thing called the eternal science, can you be eternally scientific? Ooh, right. That's ooh. No, I think you can. I no, think that can't. describes our our listeners. Yeah, so oh, eternally, okay. eternally scientific. <laughs> But yeah, thanks again uh, to all everybody supporting. Uh, you know, check it out. We got some good bonus content. In fact, yeah, we're about we to sit down and record a new episode. It's going to be real fire. That's true. That's a true fact. I'm probably not even going to get up. I'm just going to stay sitting down like I am right now. Yeah, I'll probably go smoke and read oh, some yeah. articles so I know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> all right. Um, well, and, oh shit, there was one other thing. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. We have 18 five-star reviews. That is so wonderful. Give us more. Give us some more five star reviews on uh, on iTunes or whatever uh, delivery mechanism you use to listen to this into your ears. Just post a piece of paper with five stars on it in like a Stewart's uh, uh, cork board. Yeah, like a bulletin board. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. Just go in there and write Iron Weeds five stars. Yep. Put it right on that bulletin board. Yeah, that'll definitely count. Yeah. Yeah. But you, then you have to photograph it and send it to us so we know that you did that. <laughs> yes. 
And then we'll send you a bonus episode. Yeah. If you do that. If you just shout, look, take a video of you standing in front of your house shouting, Ironweeds Pod rules. Take that video, DM me, underscore Brittany Gill on Twitter. DM me. I will send you, I will send you two bonus episodes if you take a video of you doing that. Hell yeah. If you pee in the snow <laughs> and you write the words <laughs> Iron Weeds Pod. Iron Weeds Pod or just five stars. You can just pee five, yeah, like five can, stars. If you can pee a clear, clearly uh, demarcated five separate yeah. stars. If you yeah. manage to pee five separate stars in the snow, I will pay you money. I will take all of our Patreon money for the month and I'll send it to you. You're a bad Ooh, negotiator. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> negotiating really with P somebody. terrorists right now. Yeah, and uh, right. no, but thanks a lot, everybody. And uh, until next time. Until next time. What happens next time? We do this again. Oh, okay, cool. Fuck yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. Peace.